If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Comedy Tommy Harmon, yours truly, Howard Petrie, and as our special guest tonight, MGM's great star, Greer Garson. Brought to you by 10,000 Rexall drug stores who carry the complete line of top quality Rexall drug products. Well, folks, peeking out from the wings right now, I see the best known nose in the world. And attached to the other end, of course, the one and only, Jimmy Durante. Music. How do you like that? Since this band played for Margaret Truman, I can't do a thing with them. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And on behalf of Rex Hall on this most conspicuous occasion, I want. I didn't expect you, Hilda God. <laughs> Gee, folks, what a lovely sentiment. Oh, that's just the beginning, Jim, for here to welcome you as the president of the National Broadcasting Company. How flattering. Your Honor, your presence here fills me with exuberance. Confidentially, Mr. President, how do you feel about Durante being on NBC? I'm feeling mighty low. <laughs> Thanks for your vote of confidence. You must come over to my house some night we'll open a gas check. <laughs> But on the level, Howard, it's really a thrill to be on this network. And do you know something? It has 480 stations and can be heard in every nook and cranny in the world. <laughs> Except in the last two rows. Horses, <laughs> give that man a new battery for his hair trumpet. Well, Charles, I understand you have some wonderful people in the cast this season. Peggy Lee, Arthur Treacher. Tell me, Jim, how did you get them? Well, one evening at San Juan Capistrano, I was sitting on the beach. So want to hook an eye on my halter. <laughs> when from the next cup boner, I heard... Uh, boner. Oh, no, Jimmy, Jimmy, that's Cabana. <laughs> How do you like that? Eddie Taylor does his program without a script. I can't even do one with it. <laughs> anyway, from the next Cabana, I heard... Oh, give me something to remember you by. What a mellow, bloody... 
Good God. Sounds like the mating call of a sheep can bite those feet. <laughs> I gotta have that girl on my program. Come in. Pardon me, but I was Peggy Lee. Am I glad to see you? Wow, this place is dull. I've spent every night just sitting in my room. And now you walk in. Ah, Jimmy, you're the handsomest man I've ever seen. This kid's been in our room too long. <laughs> Gosh, is it boring. This beach club is so dull that even the tide refuses to come in. I was about to go out for a walk. Forget the walk. i got an important matter to discuss. Take off your hat. Take off your coat. Take off your... Wait a minute. Which Lee am I? Peggy or Gypsy Rose? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peggy, you're colossal. How would you like to be on my radio program? Well, that's very flattering, Jimmy. Who else is going to be on it? Well, the boy Boggin is orchestra of 60 pieces. Pieces? Isn't that a big band? Forty of them don't play relatives, you know. <laughs> Well, what do you say, Peggy? Well, you twisted my arm, Jimmy. I'll call my agent and meet you later. Right outside my carbona. <laughs> this gal is so far in this program. She learns my language fast. <laughs> ah, there's a great gal. Well, well, while she's calling up her agent, I'll just sit out here on the sand. Here's a good spot. I'll sit right down on this newspaper. Would you mind getting off my face? <laughs> Toadstools must be coming up early this year. <laughs> well, what do you know? It's art to treat you. <laughs> what are you doing here, Treacher? Well, James, when it was brought to my attention that you were doing a new radio show, I said to myself, Jimmy needs me. So I immediately dropped what I was doing. He complained bitterly, of course. <laughs> and I came to your aid. You need me on your program, James, to add a cultural touch. Wait a minute, Treacher. Don't look down your nose at me. You're talking to a blighter who carried the colors on a cricket field at Oxford. You played cricket? What position? Left hind leg. <laughs> I say, old fruit, that's a bit of all right. Have what? <laughs> yes, but it's such a little bit, you can forget it. Watch what you're saying, Treacher. If you're not careful, I'll cut the drawstring on your tea bag. You know, there must be a savage strain in you. But don't worry, James. I'll acquaint you with all the social graces. That's why I've had my things moved into your house. You're living in my house? Uh, what a catastrophe. Preacher, I don't need you for social graces. Listen, I'll tell you about it. I never in my lifetime was so delighted. Honest, I'm as happy as a clown. It happened at a musical where I was invited in the wealthiest home in this town. I knew the people were wealthy. When I sat down to dinner, they served nothing but money. <laughs> what a party. I rubbed elbows with Ike Turvey. I rubbed elbows with Chester Covers. I rubbed elbows with Rubenstein. I had to rub elbows with them. They wouldn't shake hands with me. <laughs> anyway, after we dined and had dinner too, we attacked into the music room. Immediately, Ike Turvey sat down and played his latest concerto. Then Shostakovich obliged with his latest e And then Rubenstein trolled the crowd with a Sinatra he composed. After the applause subsided, all eyes turned upon me. And why not? I was sleeping. 
nor in the hostile stairs of the hoist loop. I walked to the piano, bounced to the right, bounced to the left, and from my back pocket I took out my music, which was wrapped around the salami sandwich. <laughs> then I sat down at the stand for the first time to present my symphony, my melody, and this is how it went. Chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someday the world will recognize this lovely thing. I know the day will come when Frank and Bing will sing. Chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, when I first sat down at the piano, the people cheered. In the middle of my concert, the people howled. And when I finished playing, little old lady jumped up on the piano and bit me. And to add to my humiliation, somebody stole my salami sandwich. But my chagrin was only temporary. Because history will be made when I introduce my symphony at the Hollywood Bowl. I can just hear that string section. The brass section. The woodwind. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Another outburst like that, and your drums go back to Sears and Roebuck. Folks, <laughs> visualize a symphony orchestra behind me. An audience of 90,000 in front of me. The spotlight hit me, and Durani singing. Chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's good to get home after a summer's vacation. You have a beautiful home here, Jimmy. I do hope we'll be very happy in it. If I wasn't too tired from the trip, I'd carry you over the threshold. Welcome home, Mr. Teacher. I didn't know what to do with your luggage, so I put it in the attic. And then I put it down in the basement. And upstairs. And downstairs. And upstairs. And downstairs. And then upstairs. Well, what's your problem? I'm broke. <laughs> That great tell? Oh, uh, this is Candido, my valet, and he's going to live with us. Do you mind? Live with us? Yes. Mr. Treacher, you've heard of wearing out a welcome? Yes. Well, yours is hanging by a thread. <laughs> I have a message for you, Mr. Durant. Miss Greer Garson is... Waiting in the music room. Greer Garson? I should have donned the pockets on my pool table. I'd better go see what she wants. Well, what are you doing here, Mrs. Miniver? Well, Mrs. Calabash couldn't make it. Great gossip! Might I say that I'm terribly flattered having you here, Miss Gosson? Oh, please, Jimmy. Miss Gosson's so formal. Just call me Greer. 
And your house guest, Mr. Teacher, told me a pet name that everyone calls you. May I use it too? Well, of course. Go ahead. Hello, Snoot. Snoot. <laughs> Please, Miss Garson, just look at it. Don't shake hands with it. You gotta treat my nose with respect. It's the only big thing left in the world that Russia hasn't asked for. <laughs> but if I might venture an observation, I should like to say that you are a radiant vision of celestial loveliness and the ethereal vibration of your mad presence fills my humble soul with palpitations of estacadicate. Oh, really? Where did you learn to talk like that? I write edge for honest John. <laughs> Tell me, uh, to what do I owe the honor of this visit? Well, it's really because of Mr. Treacher that I came over today, Jimmy. I wanted to find out if you've got all those things he's been borrowing for you. I say, uh, did I hear my name mentioned? That's right, Treacher, and I think you're a bounder for brandy and my name about. If my elevator shoes went up one more story, I'd fog your monocle. <laughs> oh, but Jimmy, really, it's not important. Oh, don't pay any attention to Mr. Durant, Miss Carson. He's a little bit off the B-E-A-M. Oh, I see what you M-E-A-M. Now, how about you and I forgetting H-I-M and going out on a D-A-T-E? All right. Maybe one day next W-E-E-K. It ain't fair they're using words with letters in them. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll see you later, Miss Garson. Goodbye. Ta-da. Au revoir. Adios. What etiquette? He didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> but now that he's gone, maybe we can become better acquainted. After all, you and I have something in common. You have something in common, Jimmy? Yeah, you're the first lady of Hollywood, and I'm the last man left in Cucamonga. Add the ready, you hilarious huckster. <laughs> well, I think you're perfectly charming, Jimmy. Of all the men I've met in Hollywood, you're by far the most refined the most dignified, and, and quite the most cosmopolitan of them all. Gray, you're just saying that. No, I'm not. I'm reading it. <laughs> oh, Dustin, you red-headed rascal. <laughs> if she'd have talked like that when Gable came back, Gotham would have never have got him. <laughs> oh, James, old boy, here's Peggy Lee. Glad you dropped in, Peggy. Miss Carson, here's Peggy Lee. She's a vocal star on our show. Oh, how do you do, Miss Lee? You know, I'm a fan of yours. I made a collection of all your records. I oh, made a few records myself. Well, I'm, well, I'm a fan of yours, too, Miss Carson. I see all your pictures. Oh, I made a few pictures, too. <laughs> My favorite record of yours is Good Day. I sing it every morning in the shower. I understand you wrote it yourself. I've written a few tunes in my day. Well, I especially liked your last picture, Miss Carson. Well, Attention, orange goers. Put out your smudge pots tonight. Well, Jimmy, what's that for? I had nothing else to do, so I thought I'd throw in a frost warning. Well, Peggy, bet you better sing something. It's a good day for moving along. Yes, it's a good day 
I'd do anything go wrong A good day from morning till night And it's a good day For shining your shoes And it's a good day For losing the blues Everything to gain And nothing to lose Cause it's a good day from morning till night I said to the sun Good morning, sun Rise and shine today You know you gotta get going If you're gonna make a show And you got to right away Cause it's a good day For paying your bills And it's a good day For curing your lips So take a deep breath And throw away the pill Cause it's a good day From morning till night Good morning, son Good morning, son Rise and shine today You know you gotta get going If you gotta make a show And you got to right away Cause it's a good day For paying your bills And it's a good day For curing your bills So take a deep breath And throw away the pills Cause it's a good day From morning till night Yes, it's a good day From morning till night Yes, it's a good day from morning till night. So, Greer, we get along so well, I still don't see why MGM doesn't let us do a picture together. Like your new one, Desire Me. Well, Jimmy, I suppose it's because our types are a bit different, you know. You're always the, the debonair playboy. And I always seem to play the respectable wife. Now, in goodbye, Mr. Chips, I was married to Mr. Chips. In Mrs. Miniver, I was married to Mr. Miniver. And in Madame Curie, I was married to Dr. Curie. If this was the bride and groom show, it'd be different. You'd have six refrigerators by now. <laughs> Jimmy, you really think you'd enjoy playing one of those grimy English characters? Indubitably. Mr. Boggy, a little mood music, please, while I slip into my swan wing. <laughs> What a dreary life. Why, oh, why did I marry Sir Rodney Treacher when Windermere Durante will always be the man I love? <laughs> oh, latter day, here comes Rodney down to breakfast now. Good morning, Rodney. Why do you seem so happy this morning? Did you receive word from the king that you're to be knighted again? No, the Grunion are running at Santa Monica. <laughs> well, here's your tea, dear. I'll pour it for you. Water, lemon, sugar, saccharin, cream, milk, spoon. Why, Rodney, why are you drinking your tea from the saucer? No room in the cup. <laughs> you know, it's so boring here, Sybil. Would you mind turning on the radio? Of course, Rodney. Oh, Rodney. Turn me around, please. Turn me around. You've got to turn me around. <laughs> I say, who was that? Porter. She wants to face life. <laughs> oh, dear, how frightfully dull. But, Sybil, who is this approaching down the hall? Why, Rodney, it's... No, no, it can't be. Oh, it is. It's my old love, Windermere Durante. <laughs> oh, just look at him with his muddy riding boots and his shabby but well-cut tweeds. Oh, he's such a rugged outdoors man. Hopscotch, anyone? <laughs> oh, Windermere, you've 
Yes, my dear. But allow me. Cigarette? <laughs> Mitch? <laughs> then the dream? <laughs> Please, Windermere. I'd like you to meet Rodney. Rodney, this is Windermere. Uh, Windermere, this is Rodney. Rodney, meet Windermere. Uh, Windermere, meet Rodney. Rodney, Windermere. Uh, Windermere, Rodney. Well, Windermere? Sorry, I didn't catch the name. <laughs> it's Rodney. Well, tell me, Rodney, old thing, uh, uh, where are you from? Well, I spent most of my life in Liverpool. What were you doing in Liverpool? Cooling livers, what else? <laughs> if I may say so, Sybil, I think Rodney is a horrible mollycod. Or, as we say on the continent, sick transit, e animus, woman. French, you know. <laughs> oh, Wendy, you're so droll. May I pour you a drink? A little brandy, if you please. <laughs> Just a short one. <laughs> yes, I understand. But, Wendy, tell me more about dear old you. I wager you travel to every corner of the earth. Paris? Yes. Me? Mm? Yes. Dong. Yes. Barden, Barden. Yes, yes. <laughs> May I say a word? Quiet, blabbermouth. <laughs> well, I am the taken from our conversation. What became of your first romance, uh, Chumley? Ah, oh, Chumley, you struck a sad note, Wendy. Just last week, they buried Tomley. Buried him? Had to. Did, you know. <laughs> what a feeble excuse. <laughs> Allow me, uh, cigarette. Thank you. Mitch. <laughs> Thank you. Skinless weenie. <laughs> Pardon me for intruding, Sybil, but I can't control myself. You ask to consider this bounder more romantic than I. Ah, oh, Rodney, when it comes to love, Windermere begins where Dove gives up. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And I'm available in the giant economy style. <laughs> then, if it must be that way, my dear, I'm leaving. Good riddance to you, Rodney. You know, I never really liked you. So get out and never come back, you stupid idiot. I, uh, sorry, but uh, pretty words won't bring me back. <laughs> Listen, preacher, you leave me only one course of action. Take that. <laughs> oh, Windermere, you had some boy. You've shot Rodney. Oh, oh, the cat has done me in. Sybil, I'm lying here on the floor, bleeding and dying. Haven't you any last thing you'd like to say to me? Cigarette? <laughs> Thank you. Next? Thank you. Hot lesson? Oh! <laughs> oh, when did you realize what this means with Rodney out of the way? We're free. You hear me? Free. Zooks, we'll forget those false lives we've been leading and go back to the music halls where it used to be. Ginny's, you ranty. And Greg Garson in person. Chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat. Oh, what a melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chitty beat, chitty beat, chitty beat. It keeps haunting me. Yeah, yeah. 
a pleasure to me being here. I wish we were together every week of the year. Kitty bee, kitty bee, kitty bee, kitty bee, kitty bee. Yeah, 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 we're going places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My good friend and pal Eddie Canna will be with on our, will be with us at the same time, same station. Good night, Mrs. Calabash. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good health to all from Rexall. Yes, it's Sunday. Time for the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Presented by the makers of Rexall Drug Products and your Rexall Family Druggist. Good evening. This is your Rexall Family Druggist. Taking a little time from behind the prescription counter this Sunday evening to speak for all 10,000 of us. The 10,000 druggists who have added the word Rexall to our own store names. You can always tell us by the orange and blue Rexall sign in our windows. The sign means that we carry the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. They range all the way from aspirin to penicillin. And they're as fine and pure and dependable as science can make them. We recommend them to our customers because we know you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. And now your Rexall family druggist brings you the Phil Harris Alice Fay Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Gail Gordon, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Scharf and his music, yours truly, Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Fay and Phil Harris. Today is an average day in the Harris household. Alice has finished the lunch dishes, the children are playing with a new toy, and Phil has just come down for breakfast. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Phil. Hello, Daddy. Hey, what you kids got there? A chemistry set. It's a present from William. He bought it for them this morning. Willie bought something for somebody? <laughs> well, since I got him that job with Rexall last week, the boys become a plunger. How much did this set cost them? Ninety-eight cents The plunger's got a short handle Ninety-eight cents, huh? That's a fine present for his rich sister's children Now that he's working Now that he's working at the drugstore Uncle William says he's gonna give me and Phyllis a lot of presents 
Yes, yes, indeed. For Christmas, I can see him putting two small tubes of dental floss under the tree. <laughs> Alice, look, a chemistry set is dangerous. They can hurt themselves messing around with that. Oh, it's just a toy, and it's perfectly harmless. They can't get into any trouble with it. No, Daddy. This morning, we made ink with it. You made ink, huh? How was it? It was delicious. You drank it? <laughs> Alice, do something. Call a doctor. Get a blotter. No, no, no. Don't... <laughs> Don't get excited, Phil. They just tasted it, and I washed their mouths out. They know enough not to do it again. Believe me. Girls, you'd better go outside and play now. Okay, Mommy. Come on, Phyllis. Willie, Willie. When he's not doing something to me, he's doing something to my children. Getting him that job was the best thing I ever did. At least now he won't be bothering me during the day, and it'll certainly be a relief to hear him come in every morning with that... Good morning, Phyllis. <laughs> What did he do, have a record made? <laughs> what are you doing here during the day, Willie? I just came from a meeting with Mr. Scott. Scott? Hmm. Who's Mr. Scott? Well, he's a very important man with a Rexall company. He and the other executives were talking about you and your radio show, Philip. Ah. Hmm? Talked about me, huh? Kind of cut me off a little, huh? <laughs> what they had to say about me, Willie? Well... Come on, uh... tell me what they said. <laughs> Come on, what do they think of me? You needn't worry, Philip. You have a contract and there's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> Knock off, will you, Levi? <laughs> Get lost. Go back to the drugstore and stuff cotton in their aspirin bottles. <laughs> nothing they can do about it. What do you mean, nothing they can do about it? They'd have to be crazy to try to get rid of me. I'm the greatest thing since rubber gloves. <laughs> can't understand it. I can't even get to meet this Mr. Scott. How come you got so close to him in only one week? Oh, I don't know. Guess he was captivated by my sparkling personality. <laughs> captivated? You got a personality that sparkles like a hangnail. <laughs> There's got to be another reason. Of course, he was very much impressed with the new bookkeeping system I installed. It's really quite a system. Oh, I'll bet it's just a gym dandy. <laughs> you must explain it to me sometime. Oh, I'll be glad to. It's a double entry system. See? That's fine. Just close it up right there. <laughs> hey, look, let me ask you something. Don't you have to get back to the office? Oh, my goodness. It's almost one o'clock. I'd better hurry. Now, don't worry, Philip. Next time I see Mr. Scott, I'll put in a good word for you. If I can think of one. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye, Willie. If I can think of one. Some sharp talk. Kid's really getting sharp. Ain't no stopping him since he won first prize for his tapioca pudding at the Pomona Fair. <laughs> why are you so annoyed with William? Because I hate apple polishers, that's why. Just trying to get on the good side of the boss. Look, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't even trying to get me off of that show. Look, I'll get it. Must be Willie again. Probably forgot something. His beret. <laughs> I'm getting a little fed up with his coming around all the time, and I'm going to tell him so. Why don't you stop coming around here and bothering me? So? <laughs> you don't love me anymore. Oh, Frankie, I I'm didn't... I'm glad I found out in time before I made a fool of myself. <laughs> What do you mean? 
What do you mean before you made a fool of yourself? Before I gave you the ring. Oh. <laughs> Cut out the clowning, will well, you? That's a fine way to greet Remley, me. I'm sorry, and I want to apologize. I thought you were Willie. That's the most insulting apology. <laughs> What are you so sore willing about? Well, come on in and I'll tell you. All right. Let's go in the kitchen. You can have a bite to eat with me. Mm-hmm. Well, what's it all about, Curly? What's Willie done to you this time? Oh, I don't know. Ever since I got that job at Rexall for him last week, he's been doing everything in his power to impress them with his ability. Mm-hmm. Sit down. Yeah, right. Mmm, cold chicken. Frankie, look. I got a serious problem. Willie's trying to undermine me with the company. He wants to get me off the show. You pass a mustard. <laughs> Look, Remley, this is important. Do you realize that if that happens, I'll be out of a job? A potato salad, please. <laughs> Frankie, will you pay attention? Okay. Now, look, I got to think uh, of... Pass me some of that stuff first. <laughs> oh, here. Look, Frankie... I got to think of some way to stop this guy. <laughs> hey, this is wonderful wine. Good vintage. Nice body. Very dry. What do you call this stuff? Ink. <laughs> yeah, ink? Yeah, ink. It's excellent vintage. The Waterman's 1926. <laughs> Serves you right. The kids made that stuff with a chemistry set that Uncle Willie gave them. Uh-huh. Look, Frankie, I've been trying to tell you. Willie invented a new book system or a keeping system for the company, mm-hmm. and now he's the fair-haired boy with a Mr. Scott, a big man there. I ain't even met the guy. Mm-hmm. Remley, I got to do something to uh, impress the executives. Yeah. Why don't you invent something? Like what? Well, what's the most important thing that Rexall makes and sells? What are they famous for? Drugs. That's it. All you got to do is invent a new drug. <laughs> That's all, huh? Yep, simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's only one trouble. I'm a little out of practice, you see. <laughs> I haven't invented a drug for a fortnight now. <laughs> About nine days. <laughs> Look. What makes you think they need a new drug? Statistics. He ain't even with the company. (laughs) Oh, thanks a lot. Look, how many independent druggists do they got? 10,000. How many drug products do they make? 2,000. All right, you see, that leaves 8,000 druggists without a drug. (laughs) You must admit that makes sense. That figures. Sure. <laughs> hey, Remley. What? Whatever gave you the idea of inventing a new drug? Oh, the kid's chemistry set and my knowledge of chemical formulae. <laughs> formulae? That's ah, Latin. It's female for formula. <laughs> hey. Hmm? You sound like you know what you're talking about. Well, of course I do. Come on, let's experiment. A lot of things are discovered by chemists just accidentally mixing things together. With my knowledge, we're sure to hit something. Yeah. 
A lot of things are discovered accidentally. Sure. Anyway, it's worth a try. Hey, come on, Frankie. Now, look. Let's get the kids' chemistry set, mix a few things together, and we'll see what happens. Curly, Maybe we Curly, get... please. We chemists cannot work with a child's implements. <laughs> we'll need a professional set with test tubes and Bunsen burners. You'll have to buy an elaborate set. Okay, Frankie, but you better come with me so I don't get stuck. All right. Hey, I hope this thing works how I'd love to show that Willie up. Wouldn't that be something? Well, like the general said, let's get moving. The general? Yeah. Oh, the general said, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. But his noble steed said, no indeed, go get yourself a jeep. And the general said, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. But his man of war just said, what for? And went right back to sleep. Then the general called the captain, told the captain to tell the sergeant, to tell the privates that he personally would lead the charge. Now he made a loud and fervent speech, he made a strong appeal. And he said, good friends, just follow me, I'll lead you through the field. Then the general said, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. But his noble horse said, man, get lost, and walked right off the field. Then the general said, giddy up, giddy up, come on, giddy up. But his stallion booed him where he stood and called that gent a heel. Then that there horse come walking by, his noble head held high. And he walked up to the general, looked him smack dab in the eye. And he said, my friend, let's get it straight. Let's get it straight right now. If you think I'm going to lead a charge, you crazy as a cow. The battle raged and raged and raged. The shells fell all around. But the general's dobbin' did no bobbin'. He just stood his ground. The soldiers fought and fought and fought. And the battle was no cinch. But the general and his faithful horse, they didn't move an inch. Then the bugler blew his bugle. His comrades left the fray. The mighty war was over, so they proudly marched away. But the general on his noble nag, his face was streaming tears. Said, I'll make that old hay burner move if it takes a million years. Oh, the general said, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. They left him, so I'll never know if he ever made that darn nag go with his giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. Oh, come on, horse. At least take me back to the officers' club. The General and his Hall. Hey, Ramley. What? How much further is this chemist supply store? Oh, it's in this block, a couple of doors down. See, now, I want to make sure we get everything. We'll need a couple of dozen test tubes, some mixing pans, Bunsen burners. Uh, hmm? what are them burners for? Oh, they're necessary to every chemist. Yeah? Can't burn a Bunsen without them. <laughs> Besides, if we want to discover a new drug, we'll need them to heat up the ingredients. What are we after, a hot headache pill? How stupid can a man be? Curly, <laughs> when we get in the store, you better let me do the talking. If we don't sound like professionals, they won't sell us anything. All right, all right, pro, you can do the talking. You better start it, too. Here comes the clerk. How do you do, sir? What can I do for you? Oh, uh, nothing for me, but my colleague, Madame Curie, wants to buy something. <laughs> Madame Curie? <laughs> 
Uh, pay no attention to Professor Harris. He's been working on the atom bomb and he's a little radioactive. <laughs> uh, we'd like to buy the best chemistry set you have. Oh, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, your professional chemists, of course. Please. <laughs> H2OCO2 and carbon-4 dioxide-5. And if that ain't enough, granite-3883. Yes. Now, uh, will you please show us your most expensive set? Well, uh, very well, if you insist. I have one on the shelf right here. Mm. This is the best chemistry set that money can buy. Yeah, this looks adequate. We'll take it. Wait, Pro, wait. (laughs) Uh, How much is it, mister? Oh, not very much. The cabinet is $20. I ain't bad. Plus the chemicals, which are $165. Huh? Plus the smear slides, plus the culture discs. That'll be a total of $210. Two hundred and ten dollars. Plus three percent sales tax. <laughs> hey, Bud. Um, do you have a brother working in a packing house who cut up a steer for me three weeks ago? <laughs> That was me, Professor Harris. I change jobs. I do that quite often. Well, don't ever take a job in a penny arcade. You won't be happy with their prices. (laughs) Hey, Curly, stop quibbling about price. This is important to you. All right, all right. All right, wrap it up, mister. We won't take it home. Get started. Very well. Oh, a word of warning. If you don't know what you're doing, these sets can be dangerous. No, please. Don't worry about us, bub. By the way, we'll also need some test tubes and mixing pans. Oh, look, and another thing. Throw in a couple of them bunion burners. <laughs> hey, Curly, look at all these chemicals and acids we have. Oh, with what we have here, we shouldn't have any trouble inventing something great. Let's get started. Yeah, but... Hey, Remley. Hmm? You think we should be doing this here on the dining room table? This is an expensive piece of furniture. We might damage it. No, not with me handling the stuff. However, if it'll make you feel better, we'll cover it up. Put that tablecloth on. Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) I'll just throw it on here, huh? Hmm? Yeah, there. Ain't no sense taking no chances. No. All right, now then, let's get started. Uh, First, I'll pour a little of this into a test tube. Uh, What is it? Uh, Hydrochloric acid. (laughs) Harmless stuff. <laughs> i just pour a little in this test tube. Frankie, be careful. Look, you're splashing it all over the tablecloth. Well, that's all right. We got a lot of it. <laughs> Stop worrying. It won't hurt the cloth. Okay, as long as it... <laughs> Remley, are you losing compression? <laughs> It's burning holes in the tablecloth. That's very weak material. Oh. I'm surprised that Alice buying cheap... Hi, boys. Get... Hello. What are you doing in here? What's that stuff on the table? Oh, no. 
Look at my pure Irish linen tablecloth. Beautiful, intricate lace work, hasn't it? <laughs> Bill Harris, what have you done? What are all these bottles on the table? Honey, it's just a little chemistry set. Well, take it out to the garage and play with it. And if you play real nice, I'll get you boys tinker toys for Christmas. <laughs> now, go on, run along. Scoot. All right, all right. Let's go out in the garage, pro. Come okay. on. <laughs> a new drug. I wonder when he'll get to mud pies. I never know what he's going to do. There's only one thing I'm sure of. A little bird told me that you love me. That you love me. And I believe that you do. That you do. This little bird told me I was falling. Really falling. Falling for no one but you. None but you. There's no use denying. I might as well confess. Of all the boys I know, dear, I'm sure I love you best. A little bird told me that you love me. That you love me. And I believe that it's true. A little bird told me we'd be married. And I this little bird also told me when we marry We'll have a pretty cottage not too far All fenced in like a movie star Great Dane Pop will call him ace Lying there by the fireplace A goldfish pond and a wishing well Everything is gonna turn out swell A little bird told her she'd be married dear, 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 dear. Hey, Frankie, how are we doing? You think we got something here? Shh, shh, don't disturb me. I gotta concentrate. It's coming to a boil. <laughs> hey, look, it's changing color. It was pink and purple, and now it's changing to orange and blue. Well, then we got it, Frankie. Can't you see? It's the perfect drug for Rexall, a pill that's, that's half orange and half blue. <laughs> I still like pink and purple. <laughs> now, Curly, I think we got something here, though. As soon as it cools off, I'm gonna pour it and let you have the honor and privilege of being the first one to taste our new drug. <laughs> Let's reverse that. I'll pour you taste. Oh, but Curly, I'm a scientist. The world needs men like me, but you're expendable. <laughs> Are you going to be selfish? You're going to think of the world or yourself? Yes. Yes, what? I think the world or myself. Gremley, let's face it, we're both afraid to taste this stuff. Yeah. Well, what we need is a human guinea pig to try it out on. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need, a guinea pig. Somebody hey, who... Hey, what are you two guys doing in the garage? 
Well, if it ain't Julius, oink, oink, a bruzeal. <laughs> hey, come on in here, kid. Come on in. Yeah, come on. Pull up a sty and sit down. Hey, you guys, let go. Get your clammy meat hooks off of me. <laughs> what are you characters up to? Julius, my boy, I'm going to give you a chance to become famous. I'm going to let you do something that'll make this world a better place to live in. You and you alone, Julius, can make your fellow man very happy. Sorry, I ain't interested. Why not? I ain't gonna knock Mr. Harris off. Nobody's asking you to knock me off. All we want you to do is to help us with a little experiment. Experiment? Now, look, kid. Mr. Remley, <clears throat> my colleague, yes. and myself <laughs> have just discovered a new drug that will be a boon to mankind. You discovered a new drug? Yes, sir, and we want you to be the first to try it. Just think, Julius. If it's successful, your name will go down as one of the bravest men in medical history. You'll be a martyr, a man of destiny. Yeah, I'll be a world-famous martyr. People will talk about me, and I'll be a household word. Gentlemen, I've reached a decision. Then you'll do it? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I made this stuff. What are you afraid of? What could happen to you? I could drop dead. <laughs> Besides that, I guarantee nothing will happen to you. But if it does, we'll give you our antidote. Did you discover an antidote, too? No, but we'll face that crisis when it arises. <laughs> Look, Julius... I'm trying to discover a new drug for my sponsor. If I can show a big shot like Mr. Scott that I have his interest as hard, he'll accept me. We'll travel around together socially Save and I'll... your breath! <laughs> I should give my life just so you can go steady with Mr. Scott? <laughs> Julius, look. I poured a little in this test tube. Here, just taste it. Stop shoving it into my hand! I'll just hug! Julius, you're dropping it in the... I don't think this stuff's going to be any good for headaches. <laughs> boom, it went, huh? Well, a boom. How? Yeah. <laughs> Curly, you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. How about you? Yeah, I'm all in one piece. Huh? <laughs> Curly? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't Julia standing here a minute ago? I could have sworn he was. Hey, Frankie. Hmm? You think that maybe... Could be. Oh, well, here today and gone tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even wait till tomorrow. <laughs> Poor little Julius. So bad it had to happen. Sure. What are you, a couple of wise guys or something? <laughs> hey, Julius, you all right? Where were you? I ducked down here under the car. So that's the drug you discovered for Rexall, huh? What are they going to do, open a bomb department? <laughs> all right, we're sorry, kid. It was an accident. I guess I put too much uranium in. I'm getting out of here. 
to think you guys wanted me to drink that but stuff. But Julius, we did I tell my old man you tried to make an active volcano out of me? <laughs> There goes the guinea pig, Mr. Remley. This is a nice medical discovery you made. What's it supposed to do, blow up the germs? Oh, Philip! Oh, no, look, there comes Willie. There he comes, and he's got some guy with him. If he sees what we did, I'll be a laughingstock. He'll tell everybody. I gotta keep him out of the garage. Frank... Hey, Frankie. What? I think I found a use for our drug. You, me, and I'll start pouring, keep pouring, just enough to scare him off. Are you ready? Yeah. Drop it as soon as they get near the garage door. Oh, Philip, Alice told me you were... <laughs> I wonder what Alice told him you were. <laughs> hey, Frankie, look at Willie. Look at Willie and his friend, Ron. Yeah, we scared the daylights out of him. That's the one what happened? What was that explosion? It was nothing, honey. We just played a little gag to scare Willie and his friend away. Just a harmless prank. Phil, Phil, you shouldn't have done that, especially to Willie's friend. <laughs> oh, who's worried about Willie's friend? When will I ever see that guy again? Around auction time. That was Mr. Scott. What? <laughs> Alice and Phil will be back in a moment. This is your Rexall family druggist again, folks, to tell you Mister, that... Mister? Yeah? Why do you call yourself a family druggist? Well, Sonny, it's like this. Most of us independent Rexall druggists have been serving families in our neighborhoods or towns for a good many years. In fact, we've seen young fellows like you grow up, get married, and start buying drug products for their own families. What does the Rexall part mean? You see that orange and blue Rexall sign in the window? Yeah. Well, that sign means we carry the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. Who are they? Why, they're people who have taken years and years to make sure that Rexall products are completely fine and pure and good. They've made it possible for us to tell our customers, people just like your mommy and dad, that you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Can you say that? Sure. You can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall! Right! This program was produced and directed by Paul Phillips. The part of Frankie Remley was played by Elliot Lewis, and Julius was played by Walter Tetley. Alice Fay appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. This is Bill Foreman wishing good health to all from Rexall. Sunday is fun day on NBC. Stay tuned to this station for the Edgar Bergen Charlie McCarthy Show, which follows immediately. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 